everybody and welcome to the Small Beast Kaizen Podcast. My name is Brian Fenge and I uh, welcome you if you're joining us for the first time. This is episode 9. Small Beast Kaizen Podcast is the show we put together for you, the entrepreneur and the small business owner, to look at your business in a completely different way and put Kaizen, which is the power of continuous improvement, right at the heart of your strategy. So we look at issues that would interest and inspire you to look at your business completely in a different light, hopefully find those avenues where you can make change happen. So what are we talking about today? I've just returned from a great exhibition, the e-commerce expo, which was held in London, in Olympia, Kensington, and... There I met and talked to several exhibitors and some presenters who had several sessions and uh, covered quite a number of interesting topics. So if you've got a business that has got a website and you've got an online presence, this episode or the next couple of episodes would definitely be of interest because there's a lot of material recorded. I was... um, loaded with my zoom h2 digital recorder really quite impressed with this little gadget uh literally fits in your top pocket but records pretty decent audio so just ignore the background noises if you can because this was a really busy environment but fun to be at it and so to, in this first episode i'm going to be talking to the head of minute stake Gemma Haggerty and just finding out from a search perspective what are some of the approaches that small business owners should be considering. Then in the second part of this first part of the two episodes, if we call it that, I'm going to talk to Jean-Philippe Donion, who is the president and managing director of TBS Internet, which is a company involved with digital certificates if you're transacting online security on the web is a concern and so hope you find these two uh, interviews as interesting as I did and I look forward to joining joining me in the second part of this um, episode so sit back relax and enjoy So today we're here at the e-commerce expo in uh, Olympia, uh, North Hall, and I've got uh, Gemma Haggard here, the head of Minute Stake, who are one of the exhibitors. Gemma, welcome to the Small Bees Kaizen podcast. Thank you. Um, Gemma, just as a start, do you want to just take us through what is it that Minute Stake do? What is your business all about? Absolutely. Minute State was set up in 2008 and we offer paid and natural search solutions. So we're the sister agency of Stake that offers full service digital solutions. And we had a lot of companies that were coming to us as small businesses, medium businesses that were looking to have exposure online but possibly didn't have the budget of larger agencies that we work with or companies such as Virgin Holidays. So we offer uh, fixed fee paid and natural services to make sure that they can be found online, that they can increase the number of uh, customers coming to their site and ultimately we report back to show increased sales and revenue. Brilliant stuff. 
Um, I'm glad you did mention small businesses uh, because this is a big part of our audience. So do you want to just maybe highlight some of your uh, services that um, small business owners, specifically those who are online, could be interested about? So we, we try to offer flexible services. We have a real understanding about budgeting, about being cost effective and about justifying that spend internally. So we offer paid search uh, management and this starts at £500 a month and it basically means that we will set up your paid search activity uh, for the natural activity. We will talk to you about on-site optimization and off-site optimization. And for everything we do, it's on a consultancy basis. So we work with you. We appreciate that you might not have a massive internal marketing team that you can depend on. So we like to form a partnership, give lots of guidance and advice, and we can be flexible. We might say that we do a one-off audit just to help you on your way to make sure that at this stage we're being as, as useful as possible. And then maybe in the future, once you've got those more sales coming in, then you come back and you look to do it on a monthly basis. Brilliant. Sounds like it's a it's a scalable um, approach to optimizing your website. Exactly. That's what we're aiming for. Brilliant. And you have mentioned um, you know the whole aspect of optimize uh, on page optimization and uh, optimizing your site. Obviously, to uh, improve the search um, characteristics of your website, how important is search today for businesses who are online? Do you want to just um, touch on what, where, where you believe the search is is, is going to? But that's, I mean, search is hugely important. It's something that can play a part in every single business. And particularly with paid search and natural search, you can compete with the big businesses. It's just about identifying uh, your target audience, how you can attract them, how you can be um, really targeted to make sure that if you can't compete on a term such as online clothing or something where you've got people um, that have a bigger budget, you can actually look to target against terms that are specific to the products that you are selling. Brilliant stuff. And you know, um, Gemma, some of our listeners out there are in the process of considering going online. So in other words, they're not yet online. How would be the best um, piece of advice you would give in terms of, because um, it can be an overwhelming experience when you're not that tech savvy, but you still want to you know, also participate in this online um, business. What sort of advice would you give specifically the small business owners who are not really tech savvy at all? What approaches would, would, would be um, your advice? I think definitely in the planning stage of things and we see a lot of people that might come and they, they haven't got the budget but they decide to build a, a site that covers all areas and all aspects and it's much better to say I'm going to systematically develop this, I'm going to make sure that the uh, search engine optimization occurs right from the beginning of the site build and it's really important, get your family, get your friends, get people to test it that haven't had any exposure to the site and they're the ones that are going to be able to tell you how easy it is to use, how the easy it is to purchase something, use the navigation and find a product and then you start to, when you use your paid search activity and you're directing um, customers to your website, you can actually um, get them to, to, to convert. I think one of the other things is that there are a lot of free solutions out there. You've got things like Google Analytics. It doesn't cost anything to set up. Uh, you just do need a little bit of experience, but there's plenty of people that can help with that. And that will give you so much insight into exactly what's happening on your site. And it's that insight and understanding that really makes sure that you get the most out of it. 
That's brilliant. And I can vouch to that because I remember when I started my first website, I didn't know a hell of a lot. But, you know, once I started, I was picking up so much information on a, on a daily basis. And you end up being very, very interested with what's going on. And when you start seeing some positive results, like you mentioned, Google Analytics, there's so many free tools out there which will help optimize. No, that's brilliant stuff. Um, just looking at um, one of the banners you've got, cost-effective search solutions from the... PPC, pay-per-click, and search engine optimization experts. A lot of people um, are in two minds in terms of going for paid search or using the organic search. What would be your stance on this? And we would obviously, it sounds like we would obviously say it's best to do both, but the reason for saying that is the fact that you've got about a 70-30 split. So on the natural activity, you do get more visitors coming through, but it's a long-term strategy. And as I said, for those high traffic terms, it can be very competitive and hard to work your way up the rankings. And this is a good partnership with the paid search activity where you can have a lot more control over the media spend, the cost per visitor to your site, and you can have a good understanding and it is controllable and it is one of those things that I know that people get scared about it they don't want their budget to run away but if you're working with a reputable agency you can actually have a really good understanding and it isn't um, as, as thousands of pounds a month as some people might suggest it is something that you can do as a startup business brilliant stuff now Gemma just as we wrap up this great discussion um, just want to ask you two more questions if, if I may uh, the first one being why um, would I want to come to Minute Stake what makes your service unique and then the last one is how can people get hold of you okay well I'm trying to contact us you can uh, search for Minute Stake Hopefully we'll be number one. <laughs> and uh, you can come onto the site and there's plenty of information there. We also have a blog there and we talk about things that are happening in the industry, which we hope will be useful to people. Um, we're on Facebook and Twitter and we've got lots of communication there. Um, and for the reasons for using us, we, as I said, are part of the state group. So there's over 70 of us. We've got offices in New York and Australia and we're based in Covent Garden in London. And the expertise that's there, the people that set up our company actually set up the first um, Europe search engine which was eSpotting at the time and now Miva so the the knowledge that we have and the fact that we really like to have a partnership with our clients we really like to understand their business not just online but actually what their concerns are what's worrying them what their goals are and how we can really work with them to make sure that uh, that they achieve those and you know it's part of our success is the fact that uh, our clients have been with us right from the start and uh, I myself was a client of stake so I can for uh, how good they are. That's brilliant. No, fantastic. Gemma, thank you so much for taking the time out. Thank and, you. And uh, I just want to wish you all the very best in this exhibition and also in your business going forward. Thank you very much. Nice to talk to you. Cheers. So that was Gemma Haggerty from Minute Stake and you can find all information on www.minutestake.co.uk. Now we move on to the second part of this episode, which is an interview, as I mentioned, with J.P. Donio, president of TBS Internet. Okay, so we're still here, day one of the e-commerce expo right here in the heart of London, Olympia, in the North Hall. I've got um, Jean-Philippe Donio, the president and managing director of TBS Internet, um, so welcome, Jean-Philippe. Ah, thank you very much. So, your company is TBS Internet. What is TBS Internet 
all about? TBS Internet uh, is a um, company specializing in uh, IT security and we've been focusing uh, over the years on security online, especially through the use of digital certificates. Do you mind just explaining to our listeners out there, what is a digital certificate and why should I be bothered about it? Sure. Um, a digital certificate is a kind of electronic passport. It's a document that will have on it uh, information that are valuable to others. For example, your name, your date of birth, etc. For passport, while on the internet, what's important for the visitors is able to know who you are, where you are based, what's your website, and that you are a truly genuine uh, company. Mm. So is it, is it something that you would say it's, it's a must-have for everybody who's got a website out there? How does it actually work? Like, I've got a blog. Do I need a, a digital certificate? Um, not for everybody. Not everybody would, know, would need one. Uh, actually, if you want to transact with another person or a group of person, then you need to prove, first of all, who you are and that you are a reliable person and stuff. So as, as if you are doing some um, data collection like addresses, names, of course, if you are selling stuff online, if you are offering services, then you need to um, introduce yourself. And this digital certificate is your kind of uh, introduction to the world. Okay. So if I go on a website where somebody has got um, a digital certificate in, in, in place, what do I expect to see on this website? Well, when you are entering a secured area on the internet, you're going to have your little uh, padlock on your, on your browser, which will um, go uh, on or will display in bright yellow. Or nowadays, you can even have your toolbar, your address bar, sorry, go green, mm. which means that you have um, um, high-quality uh, extended validation certificate. Oh, is that what it means? Because I've gone on sites where, you're right, um, the browser color turns to green, and I think you see the term HTTPS yes. in green. And then I've also seen on that note, uh, it's, it's funny you mentioned that, I've also seen an HTTPS with a slash and it's red in color. Yeah. What, what would that mean? Uh, you've got two good examples here. Yeah? Um, so I'm H quite observant on the internet. <laughs> well, I, I think everybody should be yeah, because that's a good uh, point. there are a lot, obviously, of dangers on the internet nowadays. Absolutely. Um, so when you see HTTPS and the green bar or the green logo, it means that you have um, reached a secured area and it's safe to actually uh, commerce or transact on that side. Mm -hmm. There has been a high level of verification to deliver that kind of passport and um, it's perfectly safe to go down. Mm. Uh, on the other hand, um, if, for example, you are using Internet Explorer, you might come to a site with, with HTTPS and um, the background is red. That means that either the certificate is not trusted, it's a fake one, mm. or actually there has been a malware report on that site mm. and that it's, um, it's dangerous either for phishing or for malware content or stuff like that. So avoid mm. it. That's very, very good advice. And you mentioned that I've also come across once in a while a kind of like a pop-up which has got 
a warning which says this website you're on has got an insecure is that is that what you're talking about is, is well, that what that is it could ha happen indeed uh, as you've got plenty of different browsers out there mm -hmm. um, it doesn't they don't all have the same behavior sure. uh, older browsers will have some kind of pop-ups mm. uh, like Firefox at, yeah. at some time it would say okay you're on site um, I'm not too sure if it's the correct one mm -hmm. I'm not too sure if it's actually properly secured so up to you to decide if you want to um, to um, continue your um, transaction or, or, or stay safe and stop here. Sure. So that could be when a, a, a certificate is badly installed, for example, mm -hmm. uh, or it could be that it's a really uh, fake one. Yeah. And tell me, Jean-Philippe, Jean if I get this certificate today, does that mean I'm set up for the rest of my um, life on the internet? Or do I need to renew it at some stage? Yeah, the certificate is like your passport. It has a, a, a lifetime duration. Mm. So uh, you can find certificates valid from one to five years, typically. Okay. Depends on the level of, uh, of security. Yeah. Higher level security will be limited to two years. Brilliant. So you should have... Uh, you should go to renew them and to uh, actually prove that you are still a, a valid business at that time. Yeah, yeah. I just want to come back, um, JP. Can I call you JP from yeah, now on? Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's a bit shorter, yeah. Um, so JP, you mentioned a, a couple of points about browsers. And I remember reading some time back about fears about the insecurity of Internet Explorer specifically. I can't remember whether it was 6, 7 or 8. What, what are your thoughts and what advice would you give in terms of uh, browser security on secure sites? Well, you know, um, like all computer software, uh, security is a fight that you need to uh, take every day. So you do a, a software or program one day, you think it, it's secure, and then one month later you discover, well, this was not perfect. There's a little flaw here and maybe someone could use it. It's the same for browsers. All the, um, the browsers, uh, software makers, mm -hmm. do try to make it perfectly good, perfectly mm -hmm. secure, etc. But some things happen. Sure. So, there's not really one product that would be farly superior to the others. Mm -hmm. I would say that Microsoft has had um, a range of problems and it comes on and they fix it. Firefox also has some problems, they fix it over time. Mm -hmm. uh, they had the same problem on the Macintosh world. Um, so there's no uh, perfect browser. Even Google Chrome has got its problems. Yeah. Um, perhaps the one I would recommend in yeah. terms of um, highest level of security would be uh, the not so well known Opera software. Okay, I've seen that on, uh, I think it's my uh, your mobile, mobile phone. phone yes. yes, they also do the mobile version which is available on a lot of, uh, of uh, smartphones nowadays. But they've got mm. a PC and um, a PC uh, version which mm -hmm. uh, works really great. Perhaps the experience is a, a, a tiny bit different but it has tightened up security mm. quite much. So it's, um, it's a good choice for beginners. Excellent. And I just want to come back to the point you mentioned about uh, mobile phone browsers. Uh, because we see nowadays a big shift and a move towards uh, people who are opting for um, browsing on their mobile phones. The iPhone, the Blackberry, these have really 
transform the way we, we use the internet. Now, in terms of security, are there any additional precautions that need to be considered for uh, um, anybody who's got a website to take into account that shift in many people opting to use mobile browsers? Is there any difference in the approach? Well, um, it's more difficult to get updated software on, um, on those smartphones. So um, users could be uh, having uh, problems with um, um, small issues not resolved on their mobile phones. Mm. Uh, there's no really a sec security difference. Mm -hmm. It's just that um, nowadays, as there are kind of less viruses, less mm. malware for the um, smartphone platforms, mm -hmm. it's a bit safer. Well, it's, there are less uh, threats. Sure. But that will change because a lot of people are moving to the smartphone, they are using yeah. it everywhere, in the tube, on the bus, and all day long. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. we are going to see a shift of usage from the, the real PC or Macintosh to, the, to those little uh, devices. So mm. over time, uh, there are going to be more and more malware adapted to those platforms. And um, the only advice I would give people is try to get um, to keep their mobile phone updated. So make sure they download uh, or they go to fetch the latest versions mm. when, when there are new uh, new editions. That's really good advice, really good advice. Now, um, JP, if we just turn our attention back now to TBS Internet, and at this time I also just mentioned to you that, you know, on my blog, the kind of audience that we broadcast to is mainly people who've got small businesses. Some of them are online and some of them do sell things online. So if they want to um, have a secure SSL, is that what we call it, SSL, yeah. and they want to use your your company, how, how does it actually work? What is your end-to-end -end process if I want to, to get a digital certificate? Well, as I explained, a digital certificate is a product that you only get after you pass some screening. Uh -huh, yeah, yeah, so that means that um, you would typically go to our website, so that's tbs-certificate.co.uk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then you would select a product. Then you would actually uh, get to a form where we will ask you some information about your organization. So, for example, the legal name of your organization, where it is based, your company registration number, kind of uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then um, just a series of contacts. Brilliant. The managing director mm -hmm. or the person in charge would be one of uh, those contacts who would lead to lays in the uh, end of the process um, to make sure everything's fine. Mm. So they would actually enroll online. Mm -hmm. And then we would um, um, either uh, process their request on our own because uh, mm -hmm. with the company number we can look up plenty of things. Mm -hmm. Or we might uh, want to actually um, go back to them and ask them for... Um, um, document uh, mm -hmm. like a registration uh, documents for a company or a charity or it can be a various kind of uh, documents. Sure. So with all this we'll do some kind of screening to make sure that you are who you think, who you say you are. Mm -hmm. And um, that's, the, um, that's the, the work we do as a noted. Uh, but then there's a, a technical side. I don't want to bother your um, listeners too much. With yeah, it. yeah, sure. But, but it's, um, it's they will have to uh, generate um, what we call a key pair. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a private key which works with a public key. 
they will generate that on their web server or their hosting company will do that for them actually and um, they will have to provide us with um, the copy of the public key mm -hmm. because the certificate will have that embedded in it so it will be you know uniquely designed to work with that key the, um, the website owner will have prepared uh, at the uh, at the beginning. Okay. Can you? Can, can, is it is it possible to have your key stolen or be fraudulently used? Um, it can. If someone would actually uh, break into the, the web yeah. server that is hosting your website and your your security. Uh, then he could actually uh, go to the zone where the private key is stored, mm. uh, stole it all together, and then, for example, um, do a phishing site mm. with your identity or wow. stuff like that. That's so scary. It's it's possible. Yeah. Uh, then, if you are um, if you have your website hosted well by a reasonably good hosting company. They will take care of the security of the server, so this should yeah. not happen. In, in 15 years, I've I've seen quite only a few bunch of uh, of such um, problems occurring. So it's not that it's serious. not that serious. Great stuff, JP. Now, as we just reach the end of this uh, very interesting conversation, yeah. I know before we started this interview, we were actually talking a little bit about uh, Mark Shuttleworth, who you know is from South Africa, which is where I'm from as well. And I know you have some. Uh, you, you date back quite a while. Do you want to just tell our listeners what the connection is between your your company or yourself specifically and Mark Shuttleworth, who I respect a lot? Yeah, great. Well, first of all, I, I love South Africa. I went several times, and uh, it's a Fantastic. great country. Uh, That's good. It was very uh, nice going there. Yeah. Uh, yes, actually, um, I, I happened to uh, meet uh, Mark Shuttleworth in 1996. When, um, at that time, I was starting my little business, IT business, one-person business in France, mm -hmm. and um, working in security, and I need digital certificates. And that was about the time that Mark was... Uh, launching his company outside of uh, South Africa. That's right, yeah. And then we, we got in touch because I had a need and uh, we spoke about uh, technology, stuff like that. Yeah. And um, he was actually looking for a representative all around the world. So, uh, of course, I offered and he accepted. And that's how I became, our company became the uh, representative for Ford of his company um, and we did this from 96 to 2003 so during those years I had the great pleasure to work with him on a daily basis and uh, to meet him of course and to do a lot of, uh, of stuff and uh, yeah he's a person that I appreciate very much I still I'm still in touch with him and uh, it's always uh, good to hear from him great stuff fantastic well JP I just want to thank you so much for this time that you've given us here and uh, just as a last point if people want to get hold of your company I know you have given us your uh, email address which I will include in the show notes um, so guys feel free to contact is it www.tbs-internet.com that's one of the yeah. email addresses yeah yeah that's 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 our main uh, website so from there they can go uh, all over our products and our offers Fantastic. So all the very best in the future and it's great talking to you. Thank you very much. Cheers. So there we have it folks. That's JP Donio from TBS Internet. And uh, that concludes the first part of our two-part series in this uh, e-commerce expo special. 
the 2010 edition coming to you live from London Olympia and um, just a last point I just want to mention the best way to subscribe if you haven't already done so to this podcast is via iTunes search for us under Kaizen and more importantly as well just leave us any comments and feedback it really really helps us to improve and um, in the true spirit of continuous improvement we want to give you what is really really relevant to you what interests you and what topics you really want to hear about the other way is to follow us on twitter our twitter handle is mobis kaizen this way you also get notification whenever a new post is posted on the blog this could be videos and or blogs so till next week look forward to joining you again cheers over and out